Well, a chance to catch your breath for the start of the week, because frankly, there's not much happening. Markets were largely unmoved on Friday. The only real news was OPEC Plus extending its cuts. But just as Friday was quiet for data, so is today. But have no fear, it starts to get busier later in the week. And you do know, of course, when it gets quiet, sometimes that's when markets start to speculate or get a bit nervous. Let's see. It's Monday, the 20th of November, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar uh, slipped 0.4% on Friday, finishing the week 1.8% down. The Aussie dollar, meanwhile, up 0.7% on Friday to over 65.1 US cents. That's 1.8% up over the week. The euro was up a tiny bit more than that, 1.9% over the week. US equities finished Friday marginally up with a 2.2% rise in the S&P 500 over the week, 2.3% for the Nasdaq, which got back over 14,100. Uh, the FTSE 100 in the, the UK rose 1.3% on Friday, 0.9% for the Eurostoxx 50. A small fall for the ASX 200 on Friday, but it was a little over 1% up over the week last week. Very little movement on Friday for uh, for bond yields. 10-year treasuries, though, finishing at 4.44%. That's about 20 basis points lower than they were uh, a week before that. Australian 10 years, meanwhile, at 4.48, down 15 basis points over the week. German bunds down 13 basis points compared to UK 10-year gilts, down 23 basis points. Chunk of that on Friday, I think. And oil, a big jump back on Friday, up 4.1% for WTI and Brent after a similar size fall the day before. But over the week, less than a dollar up. Uh, Brent is at $80.60 now. So that was quite a week. And interesting to see the the relative movement down in yields. More in America, a little less in Oz, uh, less in Europe, and way less in the UK. Uh, NAB's Ken Compton is here to, to start the week off. Uh, so, uh, I mean, is that a clear expectation that the Fed is finished and is going to start cutting and there's less conviction elsewhere? Is that what those yields are telling us? Morning, Phil. I think that's a pretty fair summation of where market movements have been tracking towards. Um, look, I mean, Treasuries are up at 5% not that long ago, um, you know, trading around sub 45 now. I guess the question that mm. really needs to be answered is to what extent can the Treasury, can declines in Treasury yield sort of be seen as compatible with the Fed remaining on hold for a while versus the Fed needing to cut dramatically? Because, I mean, what we saw as one of the more egregious issues in bond pricing back at the beginning of the year was the market giving almost no credence for the Fed, you know, even getting to where they are now, let alone remaining there for any meaningful period of time. So, I mean, there's now a, 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 I guess a, a, a broadening divergence of views as to whether the recent easing in inflation, obviously a great CPI number for the Fed last week as to whether that's pointing towards them being in a, in a case of um, you know, cutting a fair bit next year, presumably in the case of a hard landing, or whether it's going to sit there and um, and hold at some sort of um, hold at current levels or near that for most of the year. And if you think of you know, well, a 10-year bond yield mm. as an average of a couple of outcomes, as an average of um, you know the pricing of significant cuts after a hard landing and the average of holding at a, at a steady level, obviously we're getting a little bit more or probability on that uh, on that harder landing scenario at the moment. And I guess I'm just not, not quite sure whether that's going to prove to be overdone in the short term. The, the data's going to tell us, isn't it? And I guess that makes, because uh, it's about the only thing this week is PMIs, uh, which we get later on in the week. So, I mean, we'll be watching keenly on that just to see, for example, how the service sector's doing. Yeah, those are going to be the key numbers towards the, the end of the week. That's sort of the key... Um, you know, the key sort of forward-looking data point that's, that's going to be out. Um, and that's going to be particularly significant for the for the US, I think. Um, with the 
um, with, the, with the slowing, with the, with the apparent slowing of the economy as we get beyond that very strong Q3 data and get into Q4, yeah, that's going to be the the key thing people are going to be looking for as to um yeah as as to a good guide on um on, on particularly whether the US services side can continue its um its strength. So okay, so the markets are sort of like expecting cuts. The uh, the Fed is trying to you know dissuade people from that line of thinking. We had a lot of speakers on Fridays, uh, so Collins, Goolsby, Daly, amongst others. Uh, did they give anything away? I think for the most part, no. There was really nothing market moving that did come out of those um. Those speeches yeah. over the course of, of Friday, as you said, like a, a huge number of um, officials on the wires. But um, yeah, even across the um, even across the ECB, numerous members on the wires there as well. But but nothing sort of really came out of that. You know, the major market movers were really initially early on in the session was the soft UK retail sales print, and then um, yeah, they got a bit of a recovery through the US session on the back of some strong housing data. But even then, it's Sort of difficult to extend too dramatic a um, too dramatic a theme from that. Yeah. No, well, I mean they were both sort of like. I mean, you know, we talked on Friday about how they'd had bad weather in the UK in October, and so that might impact sales, and and it did. So not a massive surprise, was it? And then, uh, yeah, so new homes, you know, housing starts and permits high, a little higher than expected. But that is the you know the true caring story, isn't it? That people are having to buy new houses or build new houses because no one's selling the old stuff. Yeah, it does loop back into that continuing narrative there. Um, and obviously, mm. one, one factor that will sort of point to, I guess, the possibility of sort of a little bit of sustained strength in that um, in that uh, sort of single-family dwelling sector is that you know, mortgage rates are coming down. You know, it's talked about the 10-year yield being off 50-odd basis points. 30-year yields are, are down by roughly similar amounts, so that flows through to the mortgage markets in the U.S., I guess the um you know the the flip side in terms of housing is that um you know rents are also coming off in the US as well and that's sort of it's seen as a bit of a stronger driver of the um you know of apartment buildings and other multifamily dwellings so there's suggestions that some you could see some weakness through that sector and then of course you know if there is a a broader slowdown then I guess some of this hesitancy of stock to come to market could actually begin to to, to change around as well so it's difficult to sort of draw a you know a, a sustained you know strengthening theme from 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 those couple of strongish data points and Governor Ureda from the Bank of Japan uh, he was uh, I mean we saw the US dollar to the yen back uh, below 150 didn't we uh, he's been talking about ending the yield curve control at some point but it doesn't sound like he's in a rush he's been saying keeping yields across the curve low with monetary easing has had a positive impact on the economy by stimulating demand and creating jobs he's right on that isn't it i mean it doesn't seem like they're going to move too quickly yeah so he was speaking before the um, before japanese parliament on friday and for the most part a lot of those remarks probably actually looked to be if anything dovish for the yen and yet interestingly we came away from that with the yen sort of punching us dollar jpy punching back down um, pretty solidly below 150 for the first time in a little while um, you know, he talked there about, you know, the yen weakness being caused by rates differentials. You know, ironically enough, that's actually changed around a bit in, um, you know, in, um, in, in the last few days. But, um, I think the key thing we're continuing to take away from that is that any policy moves there, then, you know, the next, whether that be the next move on yield curve control or next, or moves towards moving out of negative interest policy, the movements there are going to be incredibly slow. And, you know, and I guess the, the odd, um, you know, the the odd um, hope of intervention that continues to pop up. Um, I think that what there what there was there on Friday was further confirmation that you know there can be you know occasional um, occasional mumblings about the about the overall level of the end. But at the end of the day, you know the the moth and the bodge aren't going to fight too much about what they see as sort of half reasonable 
weakness, even if there is disagreement between the two on that. It's going to be about volatility and the path there. And at the moment, that's not um, that's not concerning them too much. And I guess um, you know, in an environment where, um, you know, where where oil's getting lower as well, and um, you know, maybe that sort of tempers some of their um, you know, some of their concern about a soft end as well. Yeah, of course. Nice segue. Thank you for that. Uh, oil did get a bit higher on Friday, didn't it? And this is another example, isn't it? It was such a quiet day on Friday. The markets were reacting to things that were sort of like, eh, sorts of news, you know. <laughs> and uh, the idea that OPEC Plus is extending its uh, its production cut, one million barrels a day production cut into the new year, it's hardly surprising, is it? But we did see a big move up in oil prices in response to it. Yeah, exactly. With the price, um, you know, down down in the low down in the low seventies, then um, yeah, exactly. No surprise that um, you know Russia and Saudi Arabia talking about increasing the or sustaining their their production cuts in the next year. Yeah, that actually brought about a four four percent jump in um, WTI and Brent on the day. So I think um, yeah, WTI um, getting back above um, back above seventy five, Brent back above eighty, uh, just so. Yeah, once again, I wouldn't have picked those as being particularly um, particularly stunning events. And there was a few other headlines out there as well around demand and supply in oil. I mean, of course, you know, the bulk of last week, I mean, there's still net declines on the week last week. So, you know, oil's still down for the week. Um, the, the demand concerns coming out of a broader um, coming out of a broader global slowdown being the major factor there, I think, still. Um, but then other things around the margins as well. You know, I mean, unsurprisingly, it's being found that the price cap on Russian crude at um, you know sort of sixty dollars a barrel is it's, it's that that's being found to be somewhat ineffective and there's a bit of leakage around that once again probably not hugely surprising although there was some stories of sort of the the G7 trying to lead a little bit of a, a little bit of a crackdown on that I'm a bit skeptical about the um, about the, the likelihood of success there um, so that was sort of part of the part of the mix for oil as well with those decent rallies and then. Um, We'd also seen, interestingly, um, yeah, sort of pileups in um, in inventories in the US, which you wouldn't normally expect to align with price increases, but that um, sort of seems to be seasonal refining maintenance and um, and adjustments that are just causing a little bit of a little bit of a pileup in uh, in inventories. Well, look, you know, if we thought Friday was quiet, it's even quieter today. Uh, so, I mean, it's actually until we get to later on in the week. I mean, you know, we've got the Fed minutes. That'll be interesting, I guess. We've got the RBA minutes. Uh, we've got uh, Canada's inflation numbers. Uh, we've got durable goods orders for the US later in the week. And, you know, the PMIs that we've already mentioned, Japan's inflation rate as well. So it does hot up a little bit uh, later on in the week. But we can't get too excited because... Uh, you know, on Thursday, America will be uh, filling itself up with turkey because it's Thanksgiving. And then, of course, Friday, everyone's too full to properly function. So it's going to be a quiet end of the week, even perhaps even with those PMI numbers. Yeah, there's certainly not much happening today. I mean, amongst the other highlights for the week, um, when we just been talked extensively about Japan. But I mean, yeah, there is J- Japan CPI data out on Friday. So that's expected to show a bit of a yeah, a bit of a pickup in the in, in the headline print. Yeah, still not too close to the uh, to, to, you know, to the virtuous um, you know, sort of wage prices circle that uh, Governor Wade is looking for. But that'll be interesting to watch. Um, and yeah, locally, the, the, the key thing probably is, those, is, is RBA minutes, but um, with so much stuff out in the meantime, probably not necessarily too much from them. Although actually, Governor Bullock is speaking on a couple of occasions this week. So Wednesday night, at a dinner, and I believe she also has a uh, has an appearance on Tuesday as well. So that'll be interesting to see what um, what communication she can add to the um, 
to what's out there post the S and P and the and the statement early in the month. So that'll, that'll be a couple of key things to to look for. Right. And look, there is actually the possibility of a central bank moving. I see there's a, there's a few people out looking for the Brooks Bank to to hike rates on Thursday. So central central bank tightening isn't completely dead yet. Right. Good. Well, yeah, we're well, possibly close to home. It's not dead yet, is it? As <laughs> well, we'll find out, won't we? No, I don't. don't no, <laughs> we don't. We don't think so. so. Alrighty. Very good, Ken. Thank you for trying to make uh, what could be quite a dull start to the week sound as exciting as ever. Uh, and uh, we'll catch you again soon. Thanks. Yes, thanks all. Bye. And that is the morning call for this Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then.